Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Uh, the Garda Commissioner's vague comments that Gardaí could t- at times exercise discretion not to enforce laws against people as long as they are they were not showing preference to certain people has led to confusion among members. I don't know what's confusing about that, by the way. I, I can't see anything confusing with that. It just says that you can show discretion as long as you do it fairly. In other words, you don't show discretion, say, for example, to white people and not to black people. Or you don't, or vice versa. In other words, you, you show this, if you're a guard that shows discretion, you show the same discretion to everybody. In other words, guards sometimes will show discretion to people who are polite to them and who are honest. I'm sorry, guard. I didn't realise I had my phone in my hand. I do apologise. I, I, I'll never do it again. And, and straight up, they fess up. And maybe it's three o'clock in the morning or something like that. The guard is having a good day. And he said, well, look, take this as a warning. Don't ever do it again. And guards have that bit of discretion, don't they? There's, a, there's nothing wrong with that discretion. There was a call going back a few years ago for that discretion to be removed. I don't think so. I think that discretion should stay there. But the GRA believe that the distinction now between, uh, or should I say, the Guard Representative Association, uh, which advocates for the rank-and-file guard, he said the remarks had introduced a new concept into policing in the Republic. It wanted to know an urgent, I wanted to know an urgent meeting, Mr. Har- Mr. Harris, to uh, get clarity for its members. The GRA believe that the distinction now being made by Mr. Harris between discretion and uh, uh, this is Drew Harris, of course, and preference was a new departure from the Garda's current guidelines. Jason, for the first time I'm probably agreeing with Drew Harris here, I don't see anything complicated in what he said. He just said, if you're going to show discretion, you know, don't do it based on preference. In other words, if you're a male guard, don't only give discretion to women. If you're a female guard, don't only give discretion to men. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that's all he's just saying. He's just saying, to show the same discretion. Anyway, the idea of discretion seems to be changing. If I go back many, many years ago, I suppose everybody knew a guard and if you got a ticket, you could make it disappear. I suppose if you knew a guard, if they were a mate or something like that or a mate of a mate. But I think really those days are probably gone and that's not really what we're talking about anymore. Although that still happens and shouldn't happen, by the way. Um, there is and always has been that idea that the guard should use a common sense approach and not always stick to the letter of the law. When it comes to road traffic, we're talking about road traffic offences particularly as well. The guard are not the law, of course. They're there to enforce the law as they see fit. In other words, if a person is stopped at four o'clock in the morning on an empty motorway at 10 kilometres over the legal limit, and depending on the guard, you may or may get, get a ticket. If you're pleasant and apologise and he's in a good mood or she's in a good mood, you probably won't get a ticket. If you act like a clown and he's having a bad day and you make it worse, you're getting three penalty points. That's usually the way it works. That's the way it plays. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, guards, they are human beings. Some of them are assholes and some of them are not. Some of them are really nice. The majority are probably reasonably fair, but you're always going to get idiots. You know what I mean? Always. I mean, if the guard likes you, human nature kicks in and they may be more lenient. Generally, most guards use the discretion. Now, the problem is, as long as these discretions are not based on gender or race, many times, for example, women have told me that guardy are more lenient to good-looking women or female guardy, anecdotal stories will say, can be tougher on women, etc. These inequalities make the discretion unfair. So, what I want to ask you today is, and I certainly don't want it to turn into a guard bashing situation because I'm sure there's many good stories I can hear as well as bad ones. But do you think the guards use their discretion? I mean, if you've been stopped recently, say you've been a bit over the speed limit, you might have had your mobile phone in your hand and you were pulled in or just a random checkpoint and you were pulled in 
How were you treated? Were you treated with respect? Because even if you did break the law and you're five kilometres or ten kilometres over the limit, you still deserve to be treated with respect. So were you treated with respect? Um, Was the guard fair to you? Were they unfair to you? So generally, how have you been treated by rank and file Garda Shia Khanna? And we are specifically talking about where they can use discretion, which is generally in road traffic situations. So the number is 087-188-0008. How have you been treated by rank and file Garda Shia Khanna? And did they use their discretion? The number again, 87 188 0008. Dexing, keep what's the number's 087 188 0008. Now let me go to John O'G. John, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Hi, Mr. V. How are you? Uh, good, good. What do you want to say? Well, I believe uh, to have a statement, uh, I, the whole preference thing, I would have a huge problem with because we see with Morris McCabe that time and the stuff he uncovered and highlighted there. But I mean, like, girls use their discretion on a daily basis right around this country. And I think if they didn't do so, I think the course would be bloody well overrun completely. Absolutely. And they do give people a break, you know. And as you say, if, if you do rock up and it's late at night or whatever, and if you have a point of something over and above, isn't it, as long as you're not wandering around the road, I reckon that they do use their discretion. And if a fed isn't far from home, especially in rural areas, they do give people a break. Now, you could say maybe should they be doing that, but look, it happens, right? And the day that the guard, the discretion is taken away, we see the way the police forces in America, we see all the videos and all, it's yes sir, no sir, have you this sir, have you a registration sir, would you step out of the car sir, it gets confrontational a lot of times, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I've had huge interaction with the guards over the years and I come to being an activist, myself and my friends here on Cork and I would be well known and the guards would know my name and if they approached me, they always approached me by my name because I would be known, but I'm known for the right reasons for being an activist, not a criminal. But, I mean, I find, I mean, that in fairness to them, like, I mean, oh, there are friends of mine who have had different dealings with the guards, like, I mean, one in particular, when he was covering some of the commemorations there, like, for the 1916, up 1920, and they were, uh, just this last year, they breached the five kilometres, and they were uh, doing a ceremony for uh, one of the four fallen heroes in the part of West Cork, and the guards saw four or five cars outside uh, the graveyard, and look... They really should have used that discretion there. They came in, they took names, and they brought them to court. Like, no, that's to me, discretion should definitely have been used there because, look, okay, they were outside the five kilometers, but they saw what they were about, and they were just overzealous completely there, so they were wrong in that case. Absolutely, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and, and I do believe the guards generally do use their discretion. I mean, I know, don't get me wrong, I've been stopped by a few Egypts of me time, you know, oh, a few yeah, that were on the power trip. We, we, we've all met them. Like, I mean, yeah. I had a fairly controversial poster, I mean, outside me, Hal Martin's house at one stage, and just taken off me by the girls, and I thought I wouldn't get it back anymore, and they came to the door that night, and they asked me where I lived, I no problem hiding my guard, asked me my name and this, I'm not a criminal, I'll tell them who I am and where I live, and they brought the poster back. No, they <laughs> didn't have to bring it back, but they did. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, okay. So sometimes well, they are human beings. Most of them are. Well, let me just go to Thomas as well. Thomas, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Thomas? Ah, uh, how's it going? Not too bad. Good, Thomas. Uh, do, you, do you reckon guards use their discretion? And, and generally speaking, you know, you know, when you when you've ever been maybe stopped at the side of the road for maybe, and you've done something wrong, maybe you know, a little bit over the speed limit, have they used their discretion? On two occasions, they have. Yeah, on two occasions, um, we've been stopped. Uh, two occasions, I was done for speeding for doing very little over the speed limit. Mm. Um, by, by actually guards hiding in a, a bush and a tree right? in the designated part of the road where you wouldn't see them and of course look I was doing 70 kilometres in a 60 on the Slogan Joe carriageway 
and I got I got I got penalty points for that. You know, three penalty points. Yeah. For doing ten kilometres, which in my mind on, on a big huge road like that. Uh, yeah, well, look, really. we, we could argue that we should be reassessing the speed limits on some yeah. of the roads in this country, okay, considering then, cars are getting safer, on, yeah. The, yeah, on the other side of the coin, another time I was a bit reckless myself, I'll, I'll put my hand up immediately and say, yeah, I was, I was way over the speed limit on, 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 the, on the road from Dublin to Cork, and I actually drive a taxi, and basically the guard pulled me in, and he says to me, listen, I said, look, I'm very sorry, I said, I'm really sorry, I know I deserve it, I said, look, just do what you have to do. And he said, look, he said, mate, if I did what I had to do, you'd be off the road now, right now, right now this minute, for six months. And then because you're in the part of Port Leash here, you'll go down to a judge down here who the woman will give you another two years because of the speed you were doing. He said, no, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'll put you down at 127 or something like that. He said, look, you're going to get the penalty points and, and count yourself lucky you're not off the road. And I actually said, well, you know what, fair play to me, thanks a lot. I look, I know so it. Okay, so he was being fair with you. Yeah. Yeah, and another time, again, like that, coming to Sandy with Industrial Estate, doing 60 kilometres, 10 o'clock on a day. James, you're an awful happy speed, Thomas. Well, it's not <laughs> 60, 60 kilometres on a big road. I know, I know, I know how difficult it can be. But the guard never actually stopped me. She just flashed her lights, rolled down the window and said, listen, mate, I know it's a lively hood, just ease off. Slow down, yeah, yeah, he's off the pedal. And as I drove away, I, I did say, you know what, fair play to her. You know, like, yeah, I because you can't afford to be getting too many points because it'll kill your insurance. Yeah, but now I have eight points of insurance through the roof. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, because yeah, I think, what, what's the story? Once you go over six points, you're in, you're in a spot of bother, aren't you? Yeah, yeah well, your insurance might go up another 500 euros. Right, okay, okay. So when, you, when, when is your last, like, your first set of points due to come back off your license? Well, I've a set coming off in April and a set coming off in May, thank God. Right, okay. So you're back, you're, uh, hopefully you'll be back you to... Know, down to three. Yeah, and I'm hopefully I'm a little wiser as well and, you know, a bit older and we slow down a bit now, you know? You know, I think we all get to that point. I mean, I remember when I was younger, you know, I was a lunatic. I drove at ridiculous yeah. speeds. And yeah. when I look back now, I know how irresponsible it was at the time. Um, but yeah. I, I do genuinely try, because, do you know what? I've often, you, you don't get there any quicker. You just don't. You don't. But 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 on, on occasion, and as I say, I, like, I have nothing but respect for that guy. It's just putting a point across, giving me a little telling off, and away with you. Yeah. Without me effing and blind and after getting the phone. You know what I mean? And I actually had respect for it and I still do. Yeah. Well, I see. I think most of them are most of them are human beings, and you know they yeah. put themselves probably in your position. Now, the worst thing you can do is when you get stopped and you've been speeding is to try to plead your case pretending you weren't speeding because nah, then you're. Hand up. Yeah, because as soon as you do that, you've pissed him off or her off, and you're going to get the points. But on the other side <laughs> of the coin. Um, if if you were travelling at, at the correct speed, okay, now this is nothing to do with it. If you're if you're if you're on the motorway, which I was last week, travelling at the correct speed at like ninety five kilometres or whatever it was, and I passed the exit for Fairhouse, and as you come around the bend, there was nearly a five car pile up, because when you come around the bend, there was a speed the speed camera around the bend. All right, so everybody was suddenly slowing down. No, well, see, the first thing you do when you see a speed camera is put your foot in the brake. You, are, you put you put your foot in the brake and you look at the speed you were doing. Absolutely, everybody does. And that's very dangerous on a motorway. Yeah, they, 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 and you're right, and they do it too if you're coming from uh, the north past the Swords exit on the M1, uh, just around the bend, there's usually a speed camera sitting there as well, to, uh, coming close to there, and everybody does exactly the same thing as you just outlined. They put their foot on the brake. even if, And I've done it myself. Even if you're not braking the speed limit, you push your foot on the brake. Nice. Uh, and it's legal. I, I, I never agreed 
would do they if they want to have you know I don't know hidden cameras on motorways I'm not too I, I don't care particularly but I don't agree with this idea of hiding cameras but the whole idea of cameras was to discourage people from speeding in the first place John you want to say something very quickly there go on. yeah sorry John. quite right like and and like in any other job like I mean you're going to get the, the clones I mean that will be overzealous completely they won't give you a break at all I mean case in point. I mean, again, during the lockdown, you had air up in the Midlands there, you had guards and sergeants going into churches, shouting at people, parishioners of any age, you know. Discretion should have been used there, you know what I mean? No, I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I do believe that, obviously, they were given a task to do. Maybe a lot of them just didn't want to do it, and that wasn't something that they really wanted to get involved in, and they didn't want to make enemies of the general public during that particular time, which a lot of them did, sadly. And I think it caused a divide between the general public and the Garda Shikana, particularly last year and during the lockdowns. But some of them took it a little bit too soon. Some guards went completely over the top and took it too seriously, considering they were unprecedented times. They should have used their head. Eamon, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Eamon? Oh, sorry, Eamon, I need to switch you on there. Hold on, I do apologise. Hang on. Eamon? Would Sorry, you talk, would you talk to me after the show? Because oh, I've, I've a very, I've a very important uh, thing about a will. But to get the, back to your conversation is that I have two stories. One was I was it was a Sunday morning. Um, I was coming up. I don't know the name of the street, but I was heading on to Thomas Street, and the lights there they last for a long, long time. So. There was nothing coming either way. I was on my motorbike. I could see there was nothing coming either way. So I just went through the traffic lights because it was red and I turned left. And just as I turned left, there was a guard coming down on his motorbike. And I looked in my mirror and he turned around and he pulled me over. And the first thing, he didn't say anything. The first thing he said was, I'm not going to do you. I'm not going to summon you, right? So that was so. Whatever he said, that he was, he, I was going to pay attention to him. And uh, I tell you one thing: he was the best copper I ever talked to in my life. He spoke to me for about twenty-five minutes of the dangers of picking up people off motorbikes, injuries, uh, deaths, and all like that. And he, he explained. He, talked to me and explained to me the dangers. He's seen that I just there was nothing coming, but he said I just had to pull you over just to let you know the dangers. Well, that was fair enough of him, wasn't it? Absolutely. Now, there was another story as well. A mate of mine knew this copper, right? And uh, my, my friend is a painter and decorator, and he painted the chap's house, uh, painted it and decorated, put wallpaper up and all. Right, okay. And, and it will probably come the best of mates. So one one night he was coming home from a job, right? And there was a checkpoint. And the copper that he painted the house was the, the one that he painted his house. So, right. Um, your man there, he may said to me, look, I had a point or two. And the copper said, look, that's okay. I'll let you off this time. As uh, you've done a job for me. Off you go. As soon as he went up the road, he looked in, the, in his mirror and he seen a copper talking to a, a, another policeman on his motorbike and the fellow on the motorbike came up and pulled him over and done him a drink and enjoy it. And you know what? With respect, Eamon, I don't care how much of a mate he is. If you're drink driving, he can't be let away with that. Whatever about going a couple of kilometres over the speed limit or turning on a red light if there's nothing around. Yeah. If you're caught drink driving, even if it's a mate, yeah. 
I know, yeah. yeah. When I say a mate, somebody has done you a favour in the past. Yeah, yeah. They have to enforce the law because okay. it's a very serious yeah. law. Well, I'm just saying, like, he painted the copper's uh, house and all like that. Yeah, well, at least he got another copper to do him. He didn't do it himself. Thanks for that, Eamon. And I know Ashley can pick up the phone to you there. Uh, Colette, you're in Ireland's class of kids. How are you doing, Colette? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good, Colette. Yeah, I had an experience myself there. It's coming up to three years, actually. I was actually thinking about opening it up again. Because I was sitting in my car in the Crescent Shopping Centre in Limerick one evening. It was December, so it was dark. And there was a big, uh, you know, like a Range Rover parked inside me. Right. So my car started moving when I was inside. And so the girl was reversing out, so she scraped along the side of my car. Right. So I got out, I waved at her, she kept driving, she drove off. I took her edge. I called the guards, they came over. So I got onto it, it was after Christmas, because it was Christmas week around there when it happened. So in the new year, I had to chase the guard down for starters to find out about it. Uh, I was getting the run around from him. But eventually when I caught up to him, I, you know, I said, what's happened? But like, you know, they told me she was living out in such an, in a, in a village, but they couldn't, it was a small village in Ireland, you know, yeah. uh, but they couldn't locate where exactly she lived. They were going to get down to the local postman. It was all, the whole lot when I was bullshit, like, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's okay. And, and it was. And do you, like, you, know, do you get, think they just hadn't bothered their arse, like? Oh, they did, they did, but they were trying, they were hoping I'd go away, like. Oh, right, okay, okay. So was there, was there much damage to your car, by the way, Colette? Well, there was 800 and something euros damage to the scrape. Now, right. if the girl had stopped and said, Jesus, I'm sorry, that would have been the end of it. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it would be someone that would chase up something like that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but there, it was the fact that she drove off and it was pissing rain. I was, I was standing in the rain, waving at her, and she drove off in her big jalopy. <laughs> and right. I took the ridge. Now, I didn't pull the ridge out of thin air, do you know what I mean? I took the no, ridge. No, no, you took the ridge. So I called the guards. I said, damn this now. I said, I'm going to stay put where I am. And I called the guards and they came over. Told him the story. They went away. And I told you, I followed it up then in the new year. So he finally came back to me. And he gave me her details. He told me her name. Uh, he gave me her insurance details and the whole lot. So I got into, he said, she'll be in touch. Oh, no. He said, I'll give you her phone number. And you can contact her. And I said, no, no. I said, you can uh, tell her to contact me. Right. She was in the wrong. Like. So she did come on with a big smart text. She did text me. She didn't ring. And she said, oh, she said, if you send me a, do- a, a Jew baby any day, that's what he was saying. Oh, she's pregnant, she's a Jew baby. I said, so, that's nothing to do with anything. Right? <laughs> the life doesn't you know end me? when you're Jew baby. She can't drive when she's pregnant, she's making a show of women all over the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Um, but anyway, uh, she sent a smart kind of a text saying, oh, I'm pregnant, I'm a Jew baby, send me on a quote and some pictures. And I, if I get a chance, I look at it. And I thought, well, she you sent you pictures of the baby while she was at it. No, no, she didn't. Huh? She didn't send you pictures of the baby as well. Did she? No, she <laughs> wants me to send her pictures of my car. Which I, I thought, you know what? No, we'll go to the insurance company instead. Right. So anyway, it went that way. And for the finish, I got the run around. And for the finish, her, her insurance company, they were telling me that I didn't contact them. The whole thing was just bizarre. Like. Yeah, but how could you contact them when you didn't have any bloody details? Yeah, I contacted them as soon as I did. But they were telling me then that I didn't contact them, them until May. But I had contacted them in February. Right. And it was just the hole. I got the run around from the hole. Uh, right, so did you get uh, it sorted in the end? No, I didn't get it sorted in the end. So, so I'm thinking so, uh, now that I might go through, through the GDPR Act and get all the information regarding the guard in the guard station. Oh, right, she, okay. refer, she referred to him by his first name. Oh, well, he told me that you'll be, you know. Well, the thing about it is, if the guard gave you her details, that's, yeah. all, that's his job. That's all he has to do. Yeah. But then it's, yeah, but it's not up to the guard to do any more than that because... The the point is the guy. This is it's a civil matter. It's not a legal matter. It's a civil matter. Yeah. So it's between you and her, the and girl he that like, scratched he was your like car. In between, and then when it went to her insurance company, they seemed to get involved. Yeah, but 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 again, I say to you, it's a civil matter. So it's not the guard. The guard has done his job eventually, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but he did do the job by getting you the details you need. He did, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that so that's it's out of his hands now. 
So it's nothing to do with the guards anymore. Okay, well then the insurance company was saying, but she, she referred to the guard by his first name, and they did give me the runaround. And the guard told me there was no cameras over in that car park, and there is. Well, and when I went to get the camera footage, it was too late, it was gone. Oh. Yeah. So oh. there was a whole load of, there was a whole load of... Uh, right, a few conspiracies in there. That sounds a bit dodgy, all right, doesn't and it? the Finnish, her insurance company said, no, there was no marks in her car. Right, so that wasn't months ago, like, that was, do you know what I mean? So when you went to get the, the, the footage from the camera, whatever local camera was, the camera footage had been removed. No, and that was nothing to do, no one was involved there. That was just the way it was. That was in the Crescent Shopping well, Centre in Limerick, you know what I mean? Now, I do know the camera footage disappears itself after about 90 days. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that was, I wouldn't say that was in, but I'm saying the guard did tell me that there was no cameras over there. And there is, because of the kids' playground around there as well. Oh, well, look, follow it up with the insurance company. I would follow it up with the insurance company. There's no point in following up with the guards. You have your woman's details. You know who she is. You know who her insurance company are. Get out to her insurance company and say, you want paying for your car and you want it sorted out. And by the way, Colette, thank you very much indeed for your story, because it does point out the importance of a dash cam. Said it to Ruth yesterday. I say it to people all the time. If you had a dash cam, you have all the evidence there. You don't have to take two percent. The problem that Colette has now with the insurance company is it's her word against your woman's. There's no, there's no video footage. There's no nothing. It's the two of the word, one word against the other. So nobody, probably no witnesses. Get a dash cam. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show. Classic hit.